the heat of night at the scene of a crime with the speed of light he arrives just in time well, no red-blooded boy or girl would miss this Saturday's appearance of Spider-Man down at the local county fair, unless, of course, they're at home with their collections. Spider-Man's master plan, build his own little spider clan in the woods. Now they're troops fighting for special interest groups. Look out, where wherever there's a bang, you'll find a great big hang. You'll find the Spider-Man. Episode 199 for October 2012. The Spider-Man Crawl Space Podcast is sponsored by MailOrderComics.com. They have discounts that start at 38 and they go up to 75% off the cover price of new comics and trades. An example on this episode is on Thunderbolts, number one. Our buddy Flash Thompson, a.k.a. Venom, is the newest member of the team. And he's on the team with the Red Hulk, Elektra, and the Punisher. Now the cover price is two dollars and ninety-nine cents. Mail order has it for just a buck forty-nine, which is fifty percent off the cover price. So check them out at mailordercomics.com. Welcome back, gang. We're continuing our message board Q and A. We're starting off with Steve Rogers. Here we go. Uh, Steve Rogers from New York City. Brad, considering what happens in 695, does that. That was the, the Hobgoblin one. Yeah. And stuff like it through the years in terms of comic books getting news organizations and the behavior of reporters and editors so very, very wrong by the use of journalists. Uh, journalists have uh, sketchy reps anyway. Like <laughs> you! Mean, like, <laughs> to, to cast us all as one out for the greater good... Um, is questionable. You have people that work for like TMZ calling themselves journalists. You have people that say they're uh, fair and balanced, but they're uh, anyway. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, the, the journalists. You have to f- go find one that you like and you trust, and 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 uh, see if they're really are trying to get the truth out there and not putting their own spin on it. So. Uh, there are all, all types of J. Jonah Jameson's uh, editor slash journalist, and and Spider Man, but really I think he's very biased. I think Robbie is the fairest one there. However, as Kevin alluded to, he wasn't very level headed this month. So, journalists are kind of like doctors. You got good ones and you got bad ones, but they all got a job. Uh, Kevin, have you been checking out the new 52 Green Lantern titles? There's like four of those things, aren't there? Yeah, there's Green Lantern, New Guardians, Green Lantern Corps, and Red Lanterns. If so, what are your thoughts, and are you looking forward to their up... They have an event coming up, allegedly. Yeah, uh, Rise of the Third Army, because they just can't not cross over. Um, which is actually why I dropped them shortly into the whole new 52 thing. I tried, um... Green Lantern. I was buying Green Lantern and I was buying Green Lantern New Guardians, which was Kyle Rayner's book. Um, yeah. And I found that after Jeff Johns doing the same story in Green Lantern for about five years or more, I was friggin' bored with it. Um, so I decided to drop that one. And then with New Guardians, it was just. 
I got sick of having to follow the entire Green Lantern universe for all these years because everything, every, all the titles are always building to the next event, and especially the satellite titles just kind of serve that. And with New Guardians just starring like Kyle Rayner and one of each of the other colored cores, it was like, I know this is just serving the next event. Um, so as much as I like Kyle Rayner, I dropped it. Now, recently... Uh, with the announcement of the Green Lantern Annual and, you know, what might happen in that, I decided to pick that up, and it was actually quite good. And I ended up following that to Green Lantern number 0 and number 13 with the new Green Lantern. And I'm interested for now. Um, I'm The Third Army crossover is going to be a big test for me because I refuse to pick up the rest of the franchise just to follow this one story. So if I can't get it through just the Green Lantern title, I'll drop it again. But for now, I'm, I'm back on board with the Green Lantern title, and we'll see where it goes. Okay. Uh, let's see. To the gang, what do you think of the ending of Spider-Man, and do you have any speculation of what it means, or will it, will it be paid off? Kind of hit that up on Kevin's segment. Uh, anybody else? I mean, He Googled Miles or... Morales and porn came up. That's why he was so shocked. Really? Yeah. Does it really? You here? No. Go no, into no. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Any uh, you guys are any if you, you guys are kidding me? Miles Morales does not pull up porn. You're crazy. I'm saying that when Peter does it at the end, that's why. Oh, if I was in the six one six universe. Yeah, that's why Peter was. <laughs> oh, okay. Got that's it. why oh, Peter, okay. like Googles him and he's like, oh my god, and we don't see what he my, sees because he saw my like bad. The, yeah. Ah, Jotzi. That's it. Ooh, uh, card <laughs> trick. Very first post with a very nice avatar of Spider-Man looking at Luke Cage and say, dig? Uh, two questions, both for the group. What has been your Spider-Man's, what has been Spider-Man's biggest effect on society? The movies. First uh, two movies, I think. That's like almost too, too open-ended a question, I think. I, I think well, the I think... hero archetype changing... Like, because now yeah, a lot of people do, like, the teenage guy in high school trying the, the the way that people tell stories about teenage superheroes. Would Twilight have been possible without Spider-Man? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah Peter, Peter comes out of Twilight. It's all my fault. Nothing could stop Twilight. <laughs> no, I, I, I guess the everyman hero was not around before Spider-Man? Is that, I mean, is that a fair uh, assessment? I don't think so. The young teen hero wasn't, but the young teen solo hero. Right. The hero that, you know, you, you didn't have to look up to. You, you can, like, you know, kind of look onto your level. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And then it's affected kids by uh, loving his costume and wanting to be it for Halloween and etc. So. And who or what did all of you envision each other looking like before each, each saw each other? I.e., I always thought Brad was as the dad from Family Ties until I watched his Alex Savick interview. <laughs> I look like the dude. Okay, Google again. All right, Dad from Family Ties. He, he I didn't think that Kevin like had you. a beard until one of those birthday posts a few years ago. You thought I had a beard? No, I, I didn't. I didn't imagine Kevin with a beard until you <laughs> made a mock of him. When I first met Don, it was hard for me to look at him while he was talking because, like, <laughs> I've been hearing his voice without the face moving for so long that, like, it was just a very, very hard experience. That's weird. <laughs> and uh, uh, I. I still haven't met him, but for me, I always imagine Jr. as the Green Goblin. I think everybody does. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I Brad? have you guys. 
with the exception of Chris and I, you guys have all met each other. Tis true. Um, yeah, me and Don met, Josh have. I've met Don, Kevin, Zach, Stella. I feel like I'm forgetting someone. Rich Jason. Jason. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he, yeah, he's he's on the message board, and he was on Clone Side Chronicles. Uh, when I first listened to Crawl Space years ago, when I first saw a picture of Brad, I was really shocked because I thought he was like this tall, charismatic, like dark-haired guy. <laughs> and he ain't. And he ain't. <laughs> Actually, uh, Chris, Chris, and both Chris and Bailey look like how I imagined them through their voices, and I can't explain why. It is. I guess my 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 mind just illustrated them, and they came to life. You know, with the exception, uh, I think I'm the only one that knows what Jr. looks like. No, no we've we've pictures. seen his pictures. He looked like a mugshot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I I said. Well, I'm still putting it together. I eventually want to make a page of the staff of the crawl space to put on the front page with like a picture and a bio of, of everybody. There's a picture from uh, this, this past <laughs> SCC of us that I don't think we've put on the front page yet. There. So I want to put There's a, a, a mugshot of everybody. And, I, and, and at the time I was doing it, I'm like, Jr. can you send me a picture? And Jr. scanned his driver's license picture. <laughs> <laughs> he emailed me. And that is the only picture I have of Jr. If you go to Jr.'s Facebook page, there's not a single picture of he him. Like no <laughs> so the only image I know of what Jr. looks like is what the DMV took of him. I think I pictured Stella as like an Amazon. Wow. Yeah. You were wrong. Totally off. Uh, next tiny. one is a... What? I said she tiny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was trying to figure out a polite way to say that. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of hard not to. It's kind of hard not to. It's... Well, she's, she's so in command when she's, like, on the line and everything. So, like, you you picture, like... Is she, like, five foot two, or how, how tall is she? She's a, she's a whole foot smaller than I am. Yeah. Oh wow. But the the way people talk, like if they're in command and like very well read, you picture these like big strong people, mm-hmm. you know, and that that's where it comes from the mental image. The next one, Zonathan, another first time poster. So thank you, sir. I'm assuming Zonathan is a a, a, a man. Uh, hello, gang. This is my first question to the whole panel. Dan Slot teased Mary Jane and Peter coming back together in WonderCon 2012. However, he warned fans it'll be like the monkey's paw. Oh. Where one gets what he wants, she wants, but not the way they thought. A fan questioned this remark in the Marvel message board, and Slot replied in March on March 17, 2012, as saying, quote, Nothing in Peter Parker's life should come easy. That's part of the charm if you're expecting fans of Peter and MJ's relationship. They get exactly what they want, and the way they want it, you're not paying attention to the 50-year history of the character. Wink. Not sure if you've already speculated this specific statement earlier, but I thought it was interesting. What do you guys think? It means... That's well, you guys know what I think months. it means. What does it mean, buddy? Oh, it means Doc Ock is taking over Peter's body and marrying <laughs> Mary Jane. Like, they're going to undo one more day, but, oh, it's not really Peter. Anybody else? What does this mean? I think it means I'm going to hate a comic. <laughs> <laughs> if somebody watched The End of the Graduate. Um, I actually think that's not a bad way to, uh, to approach uh, the relationship by this point. Because I honestly think, like, you can you cannot have them just... Derpa get married again. That's just too bad of a story. But so I like the idea that you know. So if you also say she can't always be his intelligence or his uh, conscience. Conscience, yeah. Well, I mean, she can do that, but I don't want to see her doing that every single time she appears. Only doing that. 
Because that's, that's the way she has been for the last, like, six months. Yeah, the funny thing is that's the kind of insult that people would give to the marriage, and now the marriage is gone, but that sort of bad writing of her remains. Mm. Ironically so. Uh, also, uh, he says, can someone do a look-back review on the 2099 series? It was one of the best Spider-Man stories by Peter David. I would like to know what your thoughts are, since you guys are experts. It was a great series to Leon. I think he wants, Peter- like, an official look-back like a review on the front page or something. Oh, I think I, I bet you he wants a Spider Year review. Jr. Or not? Yeah, Jr. Well, there's only like 47 issues of that book. Yeah. I ended up Maybe. getting most of them at some point, but I only ever read like the first 10. But they were great. I mean, it's Peter David. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like Batman Beyond before Batman Beyond. Right. Let's see. Uh, next one, uh, Iron Patriot 1653 posts. So he's not the first post to do this. He's from China. To anyone, Optimus... Why am I saying Optimus? Opinions... I'm thinking of Transformers. Opinions on James Horner's music for The Amazing Spider-Man. I think it's a big step up from Elfman's, who I really liked. That was good. I, 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 did, I thought it was a little... I didn't care for it the first time, but by the third time I saw the movie, I actually did kind of like it. The You know what? I can't, I can't hum The Amazing Spider-Man theme of, like... When when I when you hear Spider Man the opening or whatever in the Raimi's you hear that that whatever that theme song is. I was personally just really glad that the main titles with a bunch of webs didn't go on for five freaking minutes. Well, yeah. Well, it's because the movie just came out though, and we'll probably be more used to it by this time next year. I guess I've already forgotten it, but it's hard. it's hard to make a memorable score. With Superman, it's like I, I forget who who said it, but they said that the audio of Superman, you can hear the words Superman. Bruce Timm said that Superman, every Superman theme has to have. You have to say the word Superman throughout the hook. And da, 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 Superman. I mean, yeah. you can't do Spider Man <laughs> with music, I guess. Lois and Clark, right. Superman. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, to Brad, other than the Peter David era, what Hulk would you recommend to a newbie? Um, Stern. Uh, I liked the Bill Mantlo stuff. The um, where he, I guess around Hulk, uh, Incredible Hulk two seventy nine ish, where he kind of got the Banner intelligence back, and then he went to the Secret War and came back with a, a crutch, and he was slowly going mad. And that led to an, an epic issue of Incredible Hulk 300, where Doctor Strange sent him off to the uh, the crossroads, and that was just some trippy stuff. And and Burn following that was good too. Uh, he had like a, a ten issue run, so I would start about Hulk 279 ish if you can. They actually just did a trade of that, I think, so you could pick up that trade easily. I also thought it and Hulk. Hulk is very hasn't had a good writer, with the exception of one, uh, since Peter David. Peter David left, I think, in the late '90s with uh, the Hulk. I could be wrong, but uh, the only one I thought was good, but he didn't last very long at all, was Paul Jenkins. I thought Paul Jenkins and John Romita Jr. were great together, but they they lasted like a year or so. Did do you like uh, Peter David's rather brief return to the title just a few years ago? It was okay. I, I thought the first one was great. I didn't care. Wasn't it House of M? 
and he came back. Yeah, and he was shaved. House of M, and he did one called. Was it? Uh, oh, what was it called? It, I think. Hmm. I think uh, the Tempest Fugit. Tempest Fugit. Yeah. I thought that was okay. And I th- and uh, Lee Weeks, who has done a lot of Spider-Man, penciled that. And I thought that was very solid. I didn't read much of it, but I actually read a one issue, a single issue he did in there with Jay Lee doing art, where he like met the ghost of a girl that I thought was really good. So that was good. So, um, however, I can't recommend the Jason Aaron Hulk. I, I did don't like it at all. The art is very inconsistent. And uh, and I like Jason Aaron. I've even interviewed him. I like his Spider-Man Wolverine uh, mini. I like go- his Ghost Rider run a lot. I thought his Punisher Max was better than Garth Ennis. Uh, but this Hulk is is just not him. I mean, I just do not like. And I have high hopes for um, Mark Wade, uh, who likes to use the word dick move a lot. Uh, but his, <laughs> according to us. According to <laughs> he said it once one day on the internet. Probably doesn't even remember it, and now it's his catchphrase. Yes, Mark Dickway move. Who says <laughs> the crawl? What did he say? The crawl space says it's a nothing. Wretched hive of villainy. <laughs> we were whatever. What Everyone were like when Bonnie was still alive or something. You what? What, Chris? Oh, uh, didn't Mark Wade say that? Crawl space is where we're like whining because comics weren't the way they were when Mommy was still alive. Exactly. Like we're all like we're all sixty eight. Yeah, he, he, he <laughs> basically I've never seen him. We're all JR. <laughs> besides the fact that he hates my website, I think he's a pretty good writer. So I, I have ho- high hopes for the guy who hates. Uh, he held up the "I Love the Crawl Space" sign. He did, and then he, he hates us. Uh, to Don, what is your favorite alternate Spidey suit, with the exception of the black costume, which I think everyone loves? Ben Riley is my favorite. Ben Riley's Spider-Man costume is my favorite Spider-Man costume, even more than the original one. Like when. Uh, Don't you think it's better on a girl though? Everything looks better on a girl, but uh, I'll give you. I'll give you that. It's always <laughs> better when you add boobs, Brad. Hey I man, it's doing the uh, uh, alternate. This uh, is like a cooking show. That'd be the recipe. Just add boobs. <laughs> Kevin was doing the alternate covers, like, and he got me that one. I was like, I was like, oh sweet, that's my favorite. When I when I did that sketch. <laughs> that's a good one. What's the least favorite? What do people hate? I was actually like playing Marvel's Capcom 3. They have the ultimate versions of Spider-Man, and I don't like that. Uh, the first one of Big Time, the Illuminated Tron suit. I don't know. It, it, it doesn't look very stylistic. I mean, at least the, the Fantastic Four white costume is kind of stylistic, but that one's basically like you know, there's a big spider with lights. The the black costume looks sleeker. It, I think the, the the Tron suit is a little le- less uh, creatively rendered. What? What's the suit that that he wore that Slot wrote with the guy with the the brain damage? He was a sniper, and Marcos Martin drew it. With the, oh, oh, the armor. Oh, yeah, it was armor. like an armor suit. That guy yeah. was named like Massacre or something, wasn't he? Yeah, I I don't. That's probably my least. Ever favorite saw suit. him again? Where Jameson traumatized that like five year old boy? Like, yes, yes, your mother's dead. Don't worry, we'll destroy the world. <laughs> <laughs> Join me. <laughs> JGC from Montreal, Canada. Hey, Brad, with Webb and Garfield confirmed for the amazing sequel, what other character, Spidey characters or plot points would you like to see in the movie? Jameson, uh, Harry Osborn, and Mary Jane, Daily Bugle. You need a Daily Bugle. I, th- I think uh, I-, I would like a true Goblin Kills Gwen story on film. I think that would be in good. In the first ten minutes? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
I would like. I think I said this earlier. I'd like to see. I'd like to see Rhino and, and Electro in the in the film, and, and kind of like what Kevin said. Uh, Sinister Six for the grand finale. Wrap the wrap the trilogy up. I think that'd be awesome. Uh, Looney Dak from uh, Inner Time to BD. Since this will be around the big 200th episode, actually, we're, this one you're hearing right now is episode 199. Uh, but here, here before we read the rest of the question, episode 200, Bertoni, what are we doing? Do 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 do. Why is Kevin coming at me with a shotgun? Do do. Good Lord, Ben. Uh, episode 200 coming in November. Where I will try to win. <laughs> and I will Have be won yet? But I fail each time. Anyway, congrats on 200 episodes. Thank you very much, Looney Dak. Uh, I only found this podcast about a year ago, and I'm trying to catch up while keeping up, if that makes any sense. Putting the delight your podcasts have given and are giving me into words is rather difficult. Can one truly quantify the ease one has when going from a horrible day at work to relaxing to the sounds of Oscorn? Here's to another 200. So thank you very much. That's very nice. Kevin, since you're a Green Lantern fan, have you ever investigated E.E. E. Docksmith's Lensman series of novel, which urban legend would have as a primary thematic source for the Silver Age Green Lantern? <laughs> yeah, I've, uh, I think I've heard the title Lensman before uh, bandied about as a sci-fi classic, but I did not know that. So I might try to investigate that now. Yeah. Basically, the, the Green Lantern... Uh, Mythos has basically, ripped, I've heard, ripped this off. <laughs> to Donovan, both Spider-Man and Doctor Who are currently being run by longtime fans who supposedly got their respective professions due to their fandom. How and why do you think their appropriate their approaches differ? Oh, this uh, really uh, good. Yeah, <laughs> I enjoyed this. Yeah. Quick question. Um, no. uh, Doctor Who being currently uh, run by Stephen Moffat, who is a you know lifelong Doctor Who fan, I think Stephen Moffat approaches it with, you know, he doesn't so much uh, draw drudge up callbacks to the old series that modern fans wouldn't get. He has them in very natural ways. And I'm not saying like, I know everything about the classic series, but I know enough. And it, it feels natural. He's pushing the, the story forward, and I think that he knows how to translate it into 2012 as opposed to just doing what he likes. I think Dan Slott and a lot of other modern comic book writers' problems these days is that they want to write the comics that they read when they were 10, uh, when, when Mommy was alive. And I don't think that's what you can honestly do with, yeah, take that, Wade. <laughs> I honestly think that you can't do that as a writer. I mean, again, if I were writing Spider-Man, I would really like for Peter Mary Jane to get married, but I would not do that through the start. I would develop it as long and, and, and best as I could before I would even enter the word marriage into the vocabulary. You need to, you need to push it forward and push it in, in a way where people can believe it while still making interesting stories in this modern day and age, as opposed to retelling your own favorite stories when you were much younger. Wow, that was a really good answer. Very good question, too. Uh, have you read Donovan or read or watched the Excel Saga manga anime? I have no idea what that is. It's, is it a spreadsheet? Yes, <laughs> it is. <laughs> um, I've heard of it. I've never read or watched it, but I've heard of it enough to where I assume it's good. Like different columns? and you get, yeah, right. With lots of women. Uh, thanks. Putting up with my peculiar questions, he says, "No, Looney Deck, and you actually are online now as I read this question. Uh, very good. Uh, feel free to come back. He's trying to edit his questions before it's too late. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, 
All Crawler, Toronto, Canada. Hey, fellas, last time I wrote was the 60th podcast. But I'll be up to 100.5 by the time you record the next one. Just want to say thank you for all the information on the webhead. I feel I am a better verse now in the history, and I have a better idea what to expect in the future. You're all doing amazing work. I just can't thank you all enough for everything. I wish you all the best. and looking forward to more podcasts and posting to the site. Thank you, sir, very much. For it's Wacker in Disguise. Wacker in Disguise. It's Wacker in Disguise. I didn't even know her, but I whacked her in the skies. As for my questions... <laughs> What the hell was that? <laughs> That's me? You thought you... <laughs> I know, it just came out. That's what she said. As for my questions, how is it determined? Or det- uh, Wait a minute, detrimined? How is it determined? I, I think he means determined. How Marvel will release the essentials. For example, as Web of Spider-Man, I have the first two, but it seems that, the, that three is just taking forever to get here. was hoping you could shed some light on that. I got no clue. I think it mostly uh, depends I think on it's how sales. Yeah. Uh, probably, web, yes, web essentials are probably not doing as well as some of the others, so they're just taking their time. Yeah, when I, when I first started collecting the essentials, um, I think back around 2008, they were up to volume 8, and currently they're they're on volume 10. I, I've heard that volume 11's coming out soon, but I'm not sure when or how. I, they like sell with the more expensive masterwork stuff that the essentials have slowed down a lot. Also, probably the omnibuses are selling well. Are they? I, c- I couldn't buy that Untold Tales of Spider-Man thing, not even at San Diego. Oh, man. That, 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 that clerk was a jerk. What happened? Tell me about this. Josh, Josh and I were hunting for um, Untold Tales of Spider-Man uh, omnibus, which has all 25 issues. And I ran into this jackass who, like, knew I wanted it. So he said, okay, cause, because it's 100 bucks. He says, okay, I'll give, you, I'll give you it for, like, $75. And I tried to haggle. I was like, I'll give you it, it was the last hour on Sunday. Yeah. Where, where they're jo- supposed to. Josh goes, uh, tra- haggle, say you'll give it 40. I said, okay, I'll give it for 40 bucks. And the guy said, is that all you have? And I was like, no. And Josh was like, ooh. And he, I was he like, tell me. him that's all you have. Tell him that's all you have. He's like, I yeah. can't lie to him. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm a chump. I think it was because he didn't have correct change. So, like, the guy would have known that that wasn't all he had. Wow. <laughs> Well, the thing is, I don't understand why that that uh, omnibus is seventy bucks when you can, or a hundred bucks when you buy the twenty five issues for a dollar a piece. It's the printing yeah, and like, stuff. <laughs> it should be a twenty five dollar book, shouldn't it? I mean, I don't know. I just ordered I mean, the Secret Warriors omnibus for fifty seven dollars, and that's twenty thirty crap. issues. So well, that was three dollars a pop. Damn it, yeah. can three times thirty is sixty. Well. I guess you got all in one. That's a really good book by Jonathan Hickman, by oh, the way. Mile High Comics had, like, mile high prices while we were there. <laughs> My yeah. gosh. Yeah, they, had, they had, like, the Revenge of the Spider Slayers in the 90s for, like, $75, and Zach and I were, like, hell no this. Revenge of the Spider Slayers, what, is $75? Yeah, that, like, Mark Bagley. story arc from uh, David Michelinie, Mark Bagley. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, I, mean, I have a crazy Mile High Comics thing. Because oh, that's actually my LCS, and um, really, it used to be mine. I used to be a nice subscriber, as they call it. Yeah, I mean, like it's you know the local store I can drive to, and they have like little chain satellites and like a big store that's ridiculously big, but they don't get new comics at the big store. They're just like back issues. And so I went to the big store and I was um, looking for the uh, Venom Carnage series that introduced Toxin. And they were selling those issues for $15 each. Woo! 
Oh, and I was like, I can get the trade oh, for that. You're out of your mind, and so I left. Bye, bye. What book was that called? It was I called Venom versus Car- Venom and Carnage. And it, and it, Why do they and it was full so- of continuity errors? <laughs> yeah, like that was back when Felicia was not a cat burglar, but she was stealing again for no reason, and like she acted like she had never seen the symbiotes before, even though Maximum Carnage had her front and center. My heavens! If you go to uh, mycomicshop.com, eight dollars for Mint of issue one, four dollars for Very Fine of three, six dollars for issue four of that. They don't have issue two. <clears throat> anyway, my high is named appropriately. Uh, BD, hope you're, the family is doing well. They are. Thank you very much. Kevin, you're an amazing writer. Please never stop. Tick-tock, yeah, don't stop. Damn, thanks Sorry. very much. For my singing or the compliment? Not you, ever. <laughs> <laughs> I that as anyway, gang, haven't gotten you guys yet in the podcast, but I'm looking forward to hearing your opinions. Keep up the dedicated work. Tony, Spider Jeopardy, I never laughed so hard during the podcast. You were made for game shows. <laughs> then you should enjoy next month's podcast. Exactly. He probably exactly. listened to the first one. That's the one where everyone hated me. <laughs> that one, yeah. Wait, we, we got the past tense for, buddy. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh, man. All right, Goodness. Kevin gets thought balloon questions next month. <laughs> funny, funny K from Scotland. Uh, first, uh, hello folks, first off, the girl I went on a date with, remember I miss Stan Lee because of her, has been my girlfriend for eight months now. It is yeah, things panned out well on that front, my man. Alright, anyway, on to my questions aimed in the general direction of all you dudes. Number one, will there ever come a day when Peter Parker will leave the mantle of Spider-Man behind in the 616 universe on a permanent basis? Yep. My answer is no. You had me until you said permanent. Yeah, yeah, not a permanent basis, but obviously in the short term, Otto Octavius will be taking over as Spider-Man. Magic ball, eight ball over there. I mean, God, grief. <laughs> uh, number two, what's your guilty pleasure in comics? Either a character or a story arc, or even a creator. Oh, Superman's girlfriend, Lois Lane. That's series. <laughs> you love Lois, huh? No, oh my, God. dude, that series is hilarious. It's bananas. <laughs> Um, mine uh, for character uh, Quasar I like me some Quasar because of Mark Grunewald's uh, 60 issue series freaking love that back in the day and I remember Wizard Magazine always making fun of Quasar and I'm like but I like that book a lot Um, and and evidently, isn't he a? I never read Green Lantern, but isn't Quasar kind of a takeoff of Green Lantern, where his his instead of a ring, he has bracelets that can create big things? Sure, why yeah, not? Sounds like it. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I love me some Quasar. Also, love me some Dark Hawk from the day. Anybody read Dark Hawk? Didn't he cross over in like Round Round Robin: The Revenge? Was that? Yeah, that's Dark Hawk. He had early Venom appearances too. Any comic from the 90s is a guilty pleasure of mine, because even if they're objectively horrible, they're still very funny. Haven't read it in years, but I liked it at the time, and I was the only one. Sleepwalker. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds boring. (laughs) But made asleep, anyway. Um, uh, Creators that are obscure, guilty pleasure. Ed Bennett is one, because he can draw really well, but he tends to 
I have no respect for women. <laughs> so yeah, like I was say a similar thing about Greg Land for me. I love the look of Greg Land's art, but he does clearly do the porn referencing with women's faces and oh, some yeah. boobs and butts. But the art looks good. I I give you that Greg Land does get a bad rap. Oh, the same yeah. goes for J. Scott Campbell. I actually really love his style, but all he draws is like 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 women and and you know put like impossible positions and they get they get sold for personally. Look at the banner up on the board. <laughs> J. Scott Campbell. That's weird. I, I found out that was J. Scott Campbell because I think the banner art looks really good, but I really don't like J. Scott Campbell. Well, it's really weird how prominent Gwen is on that. Any other... Uh, oh, wait, Bertone, never mind, never mind. Wrong banner. I was confusing that with a different image. Bertone, Guilty Pleasures. I said Superman's girlfriend, Lois Lane. That comic, like... The the early issues, it's her trying to marry him in these contrived situations that have all these, like, weddings of, like, magic powers and stuff. But then, like, the series shifted, like, in the 70s. And then it was hilarious for different reasons. Like, they tried to make it modern. Like, you I am know, curious like, black. Yeah, she was, like, tackling social issues. And, like, they revealed that her sister, who was, like, a comedic supporting character, was, like, a secret spy for the government. <laughs> who, like... This is like She's like a traitor. Stuff? Oh, the like... the sixty stuff was the wedding stuff. The seventy stuff was like her masquerading as an African American woman because Superman has a oh. blackface machine in the Fortress of Solitude. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. And then she goes to Superman and says, "All right, now will you marry me?" And guess what? <laughs> if you say no, that means you're a racist. Oh. <laughs> God, man, that's awful. That's awful, but funny. Wow. <laughs> Donovan, any guilty pleasures? Uh, 90s comics, uh, J. Scott Campbell. Uh, oh, sorry. Ed Benes. It must have been Chris we haven't heard from. Yeah, um, I think any of the 90s limited series starring Venom are guilty pleasures for me. If I see yeah. them, I'll buy them, and they're always pretty bad, sometimes yeah. more than pretty bad. But, you know, they're they're usually pretty cheap, and you can get a lot of entertainment value out of them just for how corny they are. Um, story arc that's a guilty pleasure. I I don't know. Um, and a creator. Yeah, I I don't really know that either. Just but yeah. yeah. Let's see. Uh, let's uh, Spider Venom from Bay Area, California. Does anybody collect Marvel Select action figures? If so, what's your favorite? I've got uh, the Black Cat with a lot of plastic on her upper torso. If you know what we're saying. You know what I'm saying? That was actually that was actually pretty good. It's uh, it was based on the uh, the Dodsons, I think. That did it came out when the uh, Kevin Smith mini came out. I've got that one. Or in between issues. I've got uh, the the Green Goblin where he's dragging Peter Parker like in the Romita 39. Of amazing. I've got that one. Uh, I've got Thanos. That's a cool one. And he, he fits well with in the Marvel Legends scale because he's huge. I didn't buy it, but I thought uh, the Punisher one was cool, where he's got he puts a grenade in a guy's mouth and he's landing, he's laying on top of a Spider-Man pinball machine. I think that's kind of cool. It's for you. Yeah, exactly. But the damn things are twenty bucks. <laughs> However, Marvel Legends now are fifteen and twenty bucks, so it's all relative. Anybody else have any Legend figures or select action figures? Uh, nope. I, I'd, no. That's my ass. <laughs> are, they, are those the toys that come with comics? No, those are Marvel Legends. These are the big. They're they're huge figures, and they they uh, have a lot of plastic on them, and the, the wrap, etc. Right, not. 
I can't I stop laughing because have... Dawn posted the image of the issue and her hair changes to an afro. Oh, oh, I see it now. Oh, what year is this? This is so inappropriate. Her hair changes to an afro. I am curious. Black is the name of the story. Oh, it's important that's... that I live the next twenty-four hours as a black woman. And Super... oh, Superman just does this. this we'll do that for this month in Spider history. Absolutely horrible. Uh, also, they have a very good cloak and dagger figure. I have that one too. Uh, did any of you hear or go see Batman Live? Is this like the Batman version of Spider-Man? It's kind of like – it's almost approaching the Spider-Man musical, but they, I, don't, I don't know if they sing, but like it's a performance. Uh, it's been touring around – Is it town to town? It's been touring around like the, the – like, like London. I know that in London they've had it. Uh, to the Batman Universe reporter on it, uh, a couple of our uh, English uh, uh, hosts went, went to see it. And from what I've seen, it actually looks really good. I, I'm, I will be interested in seeing it. It looks, it, it has more positive reviews than the Spider-Man musical, and uh, it basically talks no one about. No died. Yeah, exactly. So uh, it looks wow. interesting. Okay. Uh, let's see. TFN very first post. So Tiffin, uh, if you could pitch a live-action or animated Spider-Verse direct-to-video, what would it be? I'd say Secret Wars done right would be fun. JMS's first story with Moreland. That was my answer, you dick. Oh, you had it coming. You took my answers earlier. <laughs> Tony, any, anything you'd like to see? I'll take a motion comic of the Aunt May Jameson senior love scene. Oh, oh. oh. Secret Wars is actually a good idea because with all like the uh, the modern day like Avengers audience would love that mm-hmm. if they did it well and didn't water it down. You know, because that's the thing I don't like about these DC animated movies. Some of them is that they, like, water it down. Like, Death of Superman was barely Death of Superman. Well, you could do you could do Secret Wars, and then you could do a follow-up, part two, of the black costume, do from 252 to 260, or 259. But that's not really as much of an error. The black costume was there in the background. Like, you're not going to do an animated movie where he fights, you know, gamblers. Like, what is it? He fought, like, gamblers who were fixing football games. Then he fought... Puma, <laughs> then he fought Jack-O-Lantern, it was... It, what you gonna do? Yeah. Craven's Last Challenge, uh, Kevin said that before, that would be good for an animated what movie. Is, oh, Craven, yeah. Dark as yeah. yeah. Chris, that one? Uh, oh, I made a bad joke, but I would second... I, I don't... Ah, oh, man, I don't know if I want to see, like, Craven's Last Hunt as a watered-down cartoon, though. So, like, if it if they did, you know... Went for a PG thirteen, which is I think rare for a cartoon. But if they could do that and do it well, um, Craven's Last Hunt would be good. Been doing that for the DC stories like for years now. Oh yeah, I mean like the I, the Red Hood DC movie was pretty hardcore. Um, if they could do something like that, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Morbius's first day with Ben and May and Ben Riley on the road is his example. So you know what else you can do now that I'm thinking about it is uh, like Ultimate Death of Spider Man. Mm, oh, yeah. That's true. That would that and would then be a good. Miles Morales sequel. Yeah, you know, you know the uh, they just announced that they're doing a uh, uh, Hulk and Iron Man team up movie. So really, for whatever reason. Yeah. Let's see, Wombat909 from King's Landing. Kevin, listening to an episode of the podcast a couple months before the New Fifty Two started, you said you had no interest in the books and weren't planning to buy any of them. Any of them? Now you're buying a few of them. What changed your mind to keep reading? Uh, it was a snowball effect, really. Um, I started with a couple of things and dropped most of them, but I've been reading uh, Nightwing, hey. which is excellent. Um, 
And spend the money. Nightwing kind of. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> made himself laugh. Uh, hey, man. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, yeah. I'm going to let Brad laugh for a little longer. Sorry. Go, go, go. <laughs> this shit was funny, Don. <laughs> uh, well, Nightwing kind of tied into the Court of Owls thing, and I heard that Snyder's uh, Batman was really good, so I tried that, and it was good. Uh, then the Bastards announced that they were going to be doing this new Justice League of America comic written by Jeff Johns that has some good characters in it, including Stargirl, who is kind of one of my favorite characters over there, especially when written by Jeff Johns. So I wanted to read that, and that I was thinking... For the love of God, if I read that, I have to read his regular Justice League. So I went back and read that, and I don't know. It opened up the whole universe. I tried Justice League Dark, which sucked at first, but got better with Jeff Lemire. I tried I Vampire, which is awesome. So yeah, it's just been kind of a little tumbling effect. You also went back and picked up Snyder's Batman run, right? Yeah, that was one of the first things I said while you were cracking up to yourself. <laughs> God damn it! I'm going to hit mute again. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Any, what, what other DC do the rest of us pick up? I, I get the bat titles. I've just recently dropped Justice League. I would recommend um, Animal Man and Swamp Thing. Mm. I actually like Superman. It's, I mean, I know that there's a lot of problems like, behind the scenes, but it's been fairly consistent. I, I dropped that one really quick. I dropped everything. I read some of the issue zeros this month, though, out of curiosity. And I left the Batman Universe podcast last year. I came back just to review Teen Titans Zero because I really wanted to give it a verbal lashing. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of Bat books out there, but most of them aren't great. Nightwing, I think, is solid. Batman's easily the best. But like yeah. a lot of them, like, like uh, Catwoman and Batgirl, are just repellent from beginning to end. Mine. Mine. Yeah. Mine. Cool. Speaking of mine, let's do uh, recommendations hey. before we wrap this one up. Uh, who wants to go first? I'll go first. I'll get it away. All right, hit it. <clears throat> uh, well, this weekend, if you're not my Facebook friend, then you'll find out that former co-host Stella visited me for her fall break, and uh, we had a rousing good time. Uh, we watched a lot of movies, and um, one movie that she brought over that I've never seen before is Twilight. But another movie that she brought over that I've never seen before is <laughs> The Town, which is a really good movie. Oh, the Town is a good movie with Ben Affleck. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was surprised. I like it too. He he directed, uh, co-wrote, and stars in it. And like, uh, I think Ben Affleck's a good actor. Um, I again, I like Daredevil, uh, but I think that like uh, he gets, he, I think he gets a bad flack, and I'm not sure why because I think he does really good whenever I see him. Yeah. Um, also, uh, she's been talking. She's been going back to the essentials with Spider Man, and she's like, she's been saying like, you know, uh, the Dicko run. And um, I, I'll co-sign on that because if you've not, if you like Spider Man and you're listening to this podcast, but you've not read the old stuff, I'll go and I'll take this opportunity to recommend the Stanley Steve Dicko run. Uh, you can hear about it on May Spider Man Classics, which is now a dead podcast. But uh, that <laughs> oh. uh, volumes, yeah, no, volumes one and two collect the whole Dicko run, the 36 issues, and they are very, very solid stuff. So uh, please check that out. Yeah, awesome. Uh, who wants to go next? Chris, you want to go next? Sure. Um, I only have one thing that I liked okay. in the last month, uh, that, and that was the movie Looper with uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Bruce Willis. Uh, so, you know, if you're looking for a, um, like a sci-fi movie that I don't believe is an adaptation or a remake or a sequel, I might 
I might be wrong. It might be a short story or something. But it's something that was uh, seemed pretty new and original to me, and I'm sure most of the people listening to this have uh, seen the trailers. But you know, basically, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is a guy who is an assassin who kills people who are sent back in the future, back from the future, so that um, they can hide the bodies easier by sending the bodies in the past. And it, and it actually uh, turns into a quite a bit of a bigger story than I expected it. And it kept me guessing, like, the focus of the movie kept changing. It's pretty unpredictable, and there's, like, a there's a child actor in it who is quite hilarious and somewhat creepy that I was really impressed by, too. And uh, overall, it was, you know, a pretty Is it solid similar movie. to Inception at all? Um, I like Inception a lot better. I do, too. Um, and, uh, no, I mean, they're both sci-fi movies. In there, they're similar in that regard, um, but this is more of like a time travel movie, and it does some interesting things with uh, time travel. Like I like the way they handle what the future version of a character remembers um, be- when his past version of himself does something differently. Like he um, has a, uh, they explain it where the more likely something is going to happen, the more clearly the future version can remember it. So there's some there's some pretty neat ideas in there. Some great Bruce Willis action scenes. Um, overall, nice. you know, so- solid flick. I've had several people tell me that movie is awesome. It just kind of went over my radar. All right, uh, Kev. Um, well, just real quickly, I'll add my voice to Looper. I saw that two nights ago, and it was. A great movie, uh, very original sci-fi. Um, my own, I had written down *I Vampire* as a recommendation, but I've already mentioned that like twice in this podcast, so <laughs> I'll just renew. It's it. I'm kind of a harsh critic of vampire fiction. I know you know I read a lot of it, so people probably think I'll just read anything. But I, because I read so much, I kind of know what's good and what's bad. <laughs> and this is some very very good stuff. So if you like vampires at all, I'd highly recommend it. Um. Best comic I read last week was Daredevil End of Days number one. Uh, this was Brian Bendis and David Mack writing with Klaus Jansen doing pencils and Bill Sienkiewicz, uh doing finishes. And it's, I mean, th- these are some, what's that? I, uh, I, sorry, I didn't mean to but I, I hated the art in that thing. I was fine with it. Um, but I mean, this is just like some tremendous creators from Daredevil's history coming back to tell a story of his end, and I thought the book was really, really good. Um, it's doing it unabashedly in the style of Citizen Kane, which if you're going to rip something off, go for it. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, it, and the beginning, if you don't like your comics violent, stay away, because the fight between Bullseye and Daredevil that opens the thing is is ridiculous in the violence department. Um, but it's a really, really good book, so I'm hoping that's going to continue and be a great Daredevil story for the ages. Um, also tried uh, in DC Zero Month uh, Talon, which is a new a new Bat book spinning out of the Court of Owls, uh, written by the guy who's been kind of writing Batman backups with Scott Snyder as a co-writer. Um, seems like a good new character. Uh, seems like a solid new concept. So it's only had the Zero issue out so far, so I guess we'll see. But so far, I'd recommend giving it a look if you like the Bat books and uh, Snyder's Court of Owls story. Uh, also been catching up, finally, on some uh, Avengers vs. X-Men and its tie-ins. Uh, almost to the end now. I will be by the time this comes out. But now that I've actually gotten to read some of it, Wolverine and the X-Men uh, has been a very solid title. It's, yep. 
it's kind of surprising <laughs> because I, I really don't like Chris Pachalo's art at all. And he's there kind of, you know, for two issues, every couple of issues. But the writing's good. The writing's really good. The cast is really good. The concept is really good. And it's just been, you know, you can tell that Jason Aaron wants to entertain you with this comic. You know, it's not like really dour. It's, it's entertaining. Uh, so I definitely recommend that. Last <clears> thing, uh, that's, that's it for comics. Uh, one TV show. Fringe has returned for its final season, fifth and final season. Um, and honestly, right now I feel like it's just got no real competition for best show on TV, uh, at least as far as the networks go. I don't have access to the stuff the premium channels are showing right now, and I really wish I could be watching the new season of Dexter, but that's beside the point. Um, but yeah, Fringe is, you know, if you like a good sci-fi epic, it's been it started out rocky when it started, but it's been great for a couple of seasons, and this season has kind of rocketed everything forward in a huge way, and the stakes are gigantic. So it's easily the most involving, riveting, and interesting show that's going right now. Cool. Uh, Bertoni. Okay. Well, uh, I'm going to betray you, Brad, and all three of these recommendations are going to be Batman-related. So uh... No! No! <laughs> And and they kind of all like go. Actually, most of them are pretty much thanks to uh, former Spider-Man crawlspace co-host Michael Bailey. Um, he brought back Bailey's Batman podcast, and I've really been liking it because he changed the format. And I could go into a long spiel about how I think that a lot of comic book podcasts have become stale, like new ones that are coming. Yeah, they, they all everyone's doing the same show now. Which is like, which, which is which let's is take a character and do their first appearance from the beginning, review it, and that's it. Wow. And it's a very, very like boxed-in format. And there's people mm-hmm. who do it extremely well. Like that's that's part of the backbone of Stella's show. She does it well, and you know, that's what uh, Jeffrey Taylor and Michael Bailey are doing, and that's what we did with classics. But there's a lot of people who just do it for the sake of doing it. Like, hey, I like Lobo. Let me do a Lobo podcast. And instead of talking about the things I like about Lobo, let me talk about each issue one by one. And that Bailey yeah. was doing that for a certain time period of Batman, but now he's just making it an all-encompassing podcast, and it's really good. And he recommended another podcast on there, which is called Taking Flight, and it's a podcast about Dick Grayson. And I've run into a lot of people who, you know what, I'm going to be the pretentious continuity guy. I'll say it. I'm not going to hide. I've run into a lot of people who I consider posers, like they have a passing knowledge of a character, so they'll start a podcast about them and be really ignorant and... Like, they've read, like, maybe one year of the character's history, and they act like experts. And I was anticipating something like that with this Dick Grayson podcast, because I've run into a lot of those over the years with these new podcasts. And if it's a character who I've read many years, like Dick Grayson, I'm very protective over them. So I download this podcast. I'm ready to hate it. This guy won me over within the first minute. First of all, he said, this isn't going to be like other character-centric podcasts. And I'm like, thank you. And he talks a lot about, like, Dick Grayson's history, and he knows stuff that I didn't know. And he has a deep knowledge of it. He appreciates the continuity, and he points out how other people got the character wrong when they redid the continuity. And it's like, oh, my God, this guy's awesome. And his name is Tom Panarese, and his podcast is called Taking Flight. Highly recommended. And the third Batman recommendation is going to be um, Donovan, um, other Spider-Man Crawl Space co-host, who's on the line, guest starred with Michael Kaiser on Michael Bailey's show. And they did um, a Dark Knight Returns episode because the animated movie's coming out. And 
those two episodes that they did were really good, and it's made me reread the book, and it inspired my little opening monologue uh, that I did, and the death threat that I put on Don's Facebook a night ago. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or inside joke. I don't get it. <laughs> Can I say uh, real quick before we close off that uh, special shout out to Two Bit Specialist because he's gotten married. Oh, oh that's oh. true. Congrats. Congratulations, sir. Congrats. Oh, yeah. uh, Facebook did say that. Aaron and Lydia, congratulations. Yeah. Yep. May your marriage awesome. may your marriage still be going on by the time this episode's released. <laughs> All right, any other recommendations for Tony? That's it. Okay. You're going to be shocked. I've got two Batman recommendations. <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> the sons of the bat have arisen. I guess so. Here, I'll do the Batman since I already talked about it. Batman and Robin, number zero, which is kind of an origin of Damien. Read that last night. Really, really solid. Um, Every birthday, he has to try to kill his mother. How is that for a plot? (laughs) Where he can find out who his father is. Freaking awesome. Loved it. (laughs) And the scene in there where he discovers the bat suit, and he puts it on. He's like a little toddler. And he was like, look, Mom, I'm a, I'm a bat. I was like, that is really cool. <laughs> Although I think I, some reviewer somewhere pointed out that that particular issue blows the idea of the New 52 timeline completely to hell. But it's still you have point. no idea, Kevin, and I'll tell you later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, that, that's been a big bone of contention for Dustin on the Batman universe. The timeline is so inconsistent. Why, why even say five years or six years or whatever they're talking about? It's not a good idea. <laughs> uh, just just do it like Marvel time. Like yeah. he's been, Spidey's been around fifty years. Oh, well, yeah. let's you know use the word a, a little while or a, a while. little while. Saw so much. Best thing so about much. that issue is how the last page had a reproduction of like a scene from the two thousand and six Batman and Son comic an exact like replica of that panel. And then when you turn the page, it says that Damien's first appearance was in two thousand eleven. <laughs> Even though you're referencing a scene from a 2006 story, this character didn't appear first until 2011. That's funny. I, I have not read the Batman Son book, but I, I, the only experience exposure I mean to Damien is in Batman and Robin, and that's that is my second favorite Bat book of the four I get, with Dark Knight and Detective being the. Oh, screw two. those. Yeah, they're they're not that good. Not however, lately. however, Detective um, got a new writer, so I'm interested to see how that's going to go. It's gotten really good reviews, but I didn't like it. I tried it. The other Batman related thing is on this Spider Man show that I'm going to recommend <laughs> is uh, a Fat Man on Batman, yes. which mm. is a Kevin Smith podcast where he is uh, reviews. Um, he interviewed he, I'm, I'm in the middle of listening to his interview with Mark Hamill which is interesting I'm looking at the website now it's over on smodcast.com um, he interviewed Adam West he interviewed Dietrich Bader who did Batman Brave and the Bold I think that's cool I'm going to listen to that soon so that's my two Batman recommendations uh, comic book other uh, you know what? Sadly, I don't have any Spider-Man recommendations on this thing. <laughs> well, I think we well, talked about all of them during the show. Spider-Man yeah. number five I liked a lot. I think I liked it more than Kevin. Uh, Avengers Academy is awesome. I'm sad to see it go. Mm-hmm. I'm catching up on that. I think it's a solid book. I am not looking forward to, nor am I picking up Avengers Arena. I think I, I loathe the arcade villain, and I don't see how you can get past issue six with that concept. Word. Word. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm plowing through my back issues that have been on my nightstand for 
literally almost years now. Uh, Black Panther, where he uh, t- it's a dumb concept, but the writer makes it work. Basically, at the end of Shadowland, Daredevil goes nuts and goes off and does a kung fu, and someone has to watch uh, the Hell's Kitchen. And Black Panther leaves Wakanda and goes to the Hell's Kitchen. Dumb concept. Writer David Liss makes it work. T'Challa had a great fight with Craven. Here, I'm tying it into Spider-Man. Here we go. <laughs> had a great uh, fight with Craven. Uh, that's where I ended. I, I still have... No, he fought the hate monger. That was the last one I read. But coming up, he's going to uh, take on the Punisher and the Lady Bullseye. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, just well-written... Good book, dumb concept. So pick up Black Panther, if you will. It continued uh, Daredevil's numbering after, what, 500, I think. It was, canceled. It was well after that. And yeah, somehow it, Daredevil's going to resume its current numbering to celebrate an issue, even though it's a separate book. Who knows? Numbering's so damn dumb. Uh, one of my favorite... Kevin, have you read Avengers vs. X-Men 11 yet? No, I'm up to number 10, actually. Hey, take take... Take your headset off. I'm about to spoil it for a scene. Okay. Type one of my come back home. Okay, one of my favorite scenes from this month's crop of books is Avengers versus X Men number eleven. Captain America is what in the Grand Canyon, and you'd think he's talking to God. He's like, "I need your help. You know what? I've done everything. Blah 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 blah. Can you help me?" And you turn the page, and you'd think he's talking to God, and you see a big giant. He's talking to Satan. And he's, <laughs> he's talking to Mephisto. No, he's talking to the Hulk. And Hulk goes, yes, Hulk will smash for you. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, that was such a nice turn. I didn't see that coming. I was really nice, and that was cool because, you know, I love the Hulk. So, okay, Kevin, come back. I'm typing in the window. Come back. Come back. All right, Kevin, you back? Kevin, you can come back. Kevin, are you Kevin back? back. Are you? All right. I just loved it when he sold his soul to the devil in Avengers vs. X-Men. Uh, <laughs> anyway, that was one of my favorite scenes of the whole miniseries, actually. Uh, let's see. Two TV shows. Catching up on Boardwalk Empire. I'm just, uh, I have the season finale of season two to watch, and I'm going to get into season three. In the last two weeks, I've watched all of season two. Really, really liked that show a lot. I don't know if anybody, anybody watch Boardwalk? No, right. I I tried like the first two episodes, but I was still I was um, rather bored, so I haven't watched it since. It bo- dude, it, it's getting good. My goodness, good to know because I really want to like it. It it's it's like uh, Sopranos in the 1920s, if that's yeah. I never watched Sopranos, but Cheers. Cheers is a good show too. Blow uh, <laughs> <laughs> me, got anything for that? Uh, you what? Keep going. <laughs> what one last one? Uh, it's only had one episode out. I won't spoil it for you, Kevin. I know you haven't seen it. Uh, Dexter, mm. I just watched the episode last night of the season premiere. Awesome. Awesome. It's a, it's going to be neat where they're going this season with this twist. Yeah, I really uh, I hated most of season six, but the cliffhanger definitely promised a better season seven. Well, it, it, it got they kicked it up a notch with this opening episode. I just I need to figure out a way to see the show because I don't have Showtime and I don't like you know illegal downloads. So, I well, yeah. Can't you watch it? Don't they offer it on iTunes or something? Does Showtime offer their programming 
like download an episode at a time or something like that? I'm not sure. I don't think so. If they do, it probably costs a couple of dollars per episode. At right. that point, I, you may as well just buy Showtime. I believe yeah. it's uh, offered on Comcast's on-demand service. Um, I saw it up there, so I don't know how you get your TV, but there's an the option. The problem is you'd, you'd have to have Comcast. I, yeah. I don't actually have cable. I just watch. I've got Netflix and Hulu Plus on my Blu-ray player, and that's how I watch things right now. Yeah, probably have to wait, wait for the for DVD. Set. Yeah. All right. Any final thoughts? We thought this would be a short show. It is not. We <laughs> are. <laughs> Two hours and 17 minutes of this recording, an hour and 30 of the other one. My goodness. Yeah, I've gotten to the point where I just set aside five hours per podcast recording, and I keep being right. Yeah, me I too. know. <laughs> I know. This will be interesting editing to get 200 next month, but we're going to do it. <laughs> Any other final thoughts, Kevin? Um, good show. Yes. Well done, everybody. Still glad to be back. It's, you know, two months in now. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go take a nap or something. Good, good job with your new segment. I liked it a lot. Thank Very you. Nice. I appreciate you letting me do that. It's fun. Final thoughts? Ooh, your phone didn't die. That was a good thing. Oh, oh, you were talking to me. I didn't hear the that Bertoni was- part. This was, um, I put in the chat window, this was a very uncomfortable episode to record because I was like in a 90 degree car for the first part of it. My phone was dying. I was saying uncomfortable. But this, I think, is one of the most enjoyable episodes that there was. And. I think it flowed really well, and the, 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 this this was great. I had fun. And I enjoyed it. And you're back, you're back at Denny's. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, the Bertoni wing of, of Denny's. I'm, yeah, I'm not happy about the current computer situation. <laughs> I uh, Donovan, Chris helped me oh. behind the scenes last night, and Don did today. Yeah. Donovan, final thoughts? Uh, watch on Justice. Tis awesome. Uh, Stella sends her love. Uh, tune in next month. Uh, thank you for listening, and thank everybody for being here. There you go. And uh, Chris, final thoughts? I think the next Spider-Man series should be only point one issues. <laughs> <laughs> Just do, like, Every Superior Spider-Man point zero one, point zero two, and then when, like, you get to point nine nine, the next issue will be Amazing Spider-Man 800. Oh, there you go. Then I will <laughs> drop it like a that's not a bad theory. I like that. There you go. All right, gang. That's a wrap. And we'll wrap up the show right about there. Before we go, I want to give another shout-out to our sponsor, MailOrderComics.com. An example of their great prices is on Marvel Masterworks Spider-Man Volume 15. This one has a lot happening in it. It begins the Clone Saga. And Mary Jane and Peter share a first kiss. It reprints Amazing, number 143 to 155. And material from the Marvel Special Edition Treasury, number 1. The cover price is 70 bucks. Mail order has it for just $43.39, which is 38% off the cover price. So check them out at mailordercomics.com. Thanks for listening, gang. I'm your host and webmaster, Brad Douglas, for the Spider-Man Crawlspace.com. Be sure to join us in a couple days for episode number 200. 